What is going on? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. My name is Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards. I have a podcast about collecting sports cards, and I am really happy you are all here. Shout out to all the loyal listeners of the Stacking Slabs podcast. You are the ones who are telling your damn friend about this podcast, but it's not just that. You are collecting sports cards because you love them. You need an escape. You need time away from the busy job, from the family sometimes, everything, all life stresses. It's that moment of solitude that we have where we're just like, you know what? I'm going to go over to my case of cards. I'm going to pop it open. I'm going to thumb through the collection. I'm going to enjoy what is in front of me. And I think we need to do a better job of that sometimes. I know I do. I just go, 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 go. It's like, what can I get next? I will say I've been really working on just buying to buy to fill the void. I've tried to be more mindful of that. But the one thing I'm even trying to be more mindful of is enjoying the damn cards in the collection. Just spending time. The utility value enjoying those cards. We build collections because they mean something to us, but we oftentimes just want to continue to grow them. That's fine. It's the part of it. It's the name of the game. But I think spending time with your personal collection is what it is all about. And it's always changing and it's always evolving, but damn, it's fun. I know I like to have fun looking through my collection typically happens really, really early on Saturday morning before anyone else in the damn house is up. I run down to my office and I just spend some time with my cards. It's fun. I want to thank the unofficial sponsor today. And the unofficial sponsor today, we've actually got two of them. The first one is 7-Up. Wasn't really expecting the 7-Up team to reach out, but apparently the 7-Up team likes sports card collectors. Oftentimes, I just think about 7-Up and being sick. I'm having an upset stomach. When I was little, it was like the two liter of 7-Up and you just throw it on ice, get that tummy right. Because they're the unofficial sponsor, I cracked open a crisp 7-Up in the year uh, of our Lord 2023, and it was very good. So shout out 7-Up team. If you are debating what uh, lemon-lime refreshing carbonated beverage to get, uh, make 7-Up yours. Also want to shout out the Chubby Bid as an unofficial sponsor. I know the Mega Bid got a lot of attention in the hobby this past week for maybe some not-so-great reasons that we're not going to necessarily get into here. Um, if you've been on Instagram this last week, you probably know what's going to happen. Um, the, the mega bid, for those who uh, need a little bit of a history lesson, um, the mega bid's origin story, it was branded by our good friend, Pack Nicholson, and it was distributed via the crossover. So there was a question that came in you know, several episodes ago about the mega bid. And, you know, as a marketer, when you're, it's all about naming and branding something, but it obviously uh, took off. Um, But we're not here to talk about the mega bid. We're here to talk about the chubby bid. 
Okay, so I'd, I'd love to thank our sponsor, the Chubby Bid, and it is like Teflon. There's no holes in the Chubby Bid. Um, and I want to thank the CEO of Chubby Bids, um, our good friend, former guest of the show, uh, Joey, the E-Trader. He posted this past week because he wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, the chubby bid did not get, uh, we didn't lose sight of it. And by definition, the chubby bid is the art of the collector slapping down a fat bid, reaching deep into your hobby pocket and happily paying an all-time high to have the card you have been obsessively hunting for and paying immediately upon auction closing. An example is from Joey directly is finally the Brady Gold Prism went up for auction. I've been trailing that card for month, months and just ended up chubbing it at the end. So thank you to the Chubby Bid and 7up, uh, Chubby Bid most specifically Joey, and also giving some credit here where credit is due to our good friend Pack Nicholson for the branding behind the mega bid. So if you're a mega bidder or if you're a chubby bidder, whatever you are, we're here to talk about sports cards. I think one thing regarding the mega bid that got lost in all of this and one negative perspective I want to bring up um, regarding it is all of the commentary regarding the player for which all of this is was about and all of this conversation was about. And People were trying to poke fun at a player like Eli Manning. And all I saw was just a bunch of judges. And my response to all of it is, you know what? Regardless of what's happening, we're allowed to collect whoever we want. I think there's a contingent in the hobby that wants to cast judgment because it's not LaMelo Ball, Wimby, Justin Herbert, a trendy Star Wars card, or whatever your flavor of the month is. If someone wants to collect a player, let them collect the player. It's not on you. It's what we do. And by the way, Eli Manning is pretty damn relevant, right? He's on TV every Monday night. Guy's got two Super Bowls, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So you know what? Worry about yourself and collect who you want. I think we build collections that are significant to us. We tell stories and share with our audience why we do this. It's these connection points that I think when we share them help inspire others to think about the cards and what the cards mean in their perspective and not just necessarily chasing the dollar dollar bill. I think sharing your process and mindset can be the rocket fuel for others. And I think the more we tell stories about the players we collect and why we collect them, the better this damn hobby ends up. And so I call this personal significance. We're going to talk more about this Towards the end of the episode, hopefully you're all having a good week. And gosh, I almost forgot, and I can't believe I almost forgot this. As this episode drops, we are a day away in the United States from my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving, Bay, Bay. And so first of all, shout out to all you international listeners. If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, let me tell you something. You need to come Call your favorite collector in the States. See if you can join their Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving kicks ass. And the reason why Thanksgiving kicks ass is because you got football, you got family, and you got food. 10,000 calories is what I chase. That is my personal chase. 
and I'm going to do that. I'm going to get scrappy and it starts early. See, I like to get the run in right out of the gates, but you know, you, if you're going to hit 10,000 calories, you can't just jump into the main meal. You know what I'm saying? You have to get down and dirty. So if you have a mother or a mother-in-law or a father or a father-in-law who can cook you up some bacon and some uh, biscuits and gravy to start jumpstart the day, then you're probably going to be pretty close. But I like it. There's no gifts. You're just chilling. You're hanging out. You're grubbing. Um, you know, I mentioned the football of it all. Uh, I like to watch football. What I, I think a lot about too, which is going to be on the other side, is whenever I think about Thanksgiving, I think about Survivor Series traditionally, you know, and, and it hasn't been on Thanksgiving night in a long time, but we've got Survivor Series on the other side um, on uh, Saturday and, you know, it's war games and it's fun. And so just, I love wrestling around the holidays. I always love wrestling. The Survivor Series around Thanksgiving gives you the memories and the moments of the debuts of some of the great wrestlers of all time, like the Dead Man, The Undertaker. I love that. Speaking of wrestling, I got done this weekend um, watching AEW's Full Gear. My wife was astonished when I told her I pay 50 bucks to watch pay-per-views. She's like, you pay 50 bucks to watch these things? And I said, yeah. You know, this is my going out at night these days. It's sitting in front of the damn TV and watching my favorite performers go toe-to-toe with each other. And if you're going to watch one match off of AEW Full Gear 2023, that Hangman Page Swerve match was a banger. If you like the blood and gut stuff, probably not for you. But you know what? I am a kid who grew up with Extreme Championship Wrestling, and I can watch a little blood, a little staple, a little glass, a little barbed wire. That kind of stuff wakes me up. And so that match was just outstanding. It's an incredible story. Um, I have been on team no sleep, team no routine, no problem. I love being a dad. And even though it's really hard sometimes, it's the best. Um, I'm really looking forward to my, my newborn getting into some some sort of sleep routine and sleep schedule. We are on team no schedule right now. I'm a creature of habit. So when that happens, I think we will all be in a really good spot. But you know what? I'm here to talk about sports cards. Did you all check out Friday's episode with Paul Wardle at Wardle Combat where we talked about the 24 karat gold parallel out of Fleer Brilliance? That was such a fun conversation, and it's so awesome that we can revisit these parallels that make us feel something in the hobby. And the reason why I like these conversations so much is because it's not necessarily about me, and it never is about me. And I hope as a listener of this show, you're like, you know what? Brett's not trying to put himself over all the time. You know what? That's not why I'm here. I'm here to talk about the damn cards and what I'm doing in the journey along the way. And it's not necessarily about the guests. On the Stacking Slabs podcast, we're highly focused on the collector and we're highly focused on the cards. That's what we like to do over here. And we are running, we're, we're getting close to episode 400. It's coming, you know what? And we're doing this out of passion. We're doing this because we love this thing. But the 24 karat gold episode, what I liked about it is like we get into the weeds on stuff like Flair Brilliance being a one and done set and talking about the parallels inside the set before we talk about 24 karat gold and talking about some of the inserts. 
we've d- we've done 10 of these already. Isn't that insane? I was thinking about that before I hit record and posted on my story today, just all the 10 episodes. And so I am going to, I'm pulling up my Instagram now because I wasn't planning on kind of sharing, but just to take a little stroll down memory lane. And if you've seen, listened to all of these, I really, really appreciate it. If you haven't and you're enjoying these, I'm going to do a quick run through since we are 10 deep of what those 10 episodes are. So we started off the series with the Black Finite one of one with uh, my man, Chris McGill. And that conversation was really fun to talk about a modern product to kick off the series and a modern product or a modern parallel that's really, really hard to find. And Chris has got just the whole, you know, he's got a ridiculous McCaffrey run. So wanted to call that out. We Then we moved into the gold refractors with Chris's tag team partner, Josh, at Cardboard Chronicles. Then we moved into Essential Credentials with Jake Roy at 90s B-Ball Cards. Go check out his YouTube channel if you need a fix. Then we talked with my man, uh, Zanu23 Sports Cards, talking about precious metal gems. 92 Tops Gold with our sponsor of today's episode, the CEO of the Chubby Bid, at the E-Trader, Joey. Star Rubies with John Spur Fan at Tech. That was a really fun conversation. And it was an opportunity for us to unlock a new character on the Stacking Slabs podcast. We talked Galactics with Brandon at Mission Street Cards. Galactics are shiny. They're fun. I might or might not have bought a Galactic that uh, hasn't come in yet, but I'm excited to share. Super Fractors with Drake at Drake's PC. Maybe the hobby's favorite parallel. Then we talked Platinum Medallions with Nat Turner, whose re- collection is absolutely ridiculous. 24 karat gold, as mentioned, was the last episode with my man, Paul Wardle, who wore the damn Manning around his neck. Okay. So we're going to continue this parallel train. We're not stopping at 10. We are talking about cracked ice and it's going to be not exclusive to just uh, contenders cracked ice. Contenders cracked ice will launch us off, but we will talk about maybe some of the parallels like atomic refractors that got us to the cracked ice phase. So really excited to do that with my good buddy, Jordan at Northwoods Card Collector. Picked him because I know he's a cracked ice aficionado. As a matter of fact, he sold me my 2012 Peyton Manning PSA 10 cracked ice. He had two of them, popped two, sold me the other one. So I said, you know what? It's going to be fun. Jordan, let's come on and talk about it. I love the cracked ice out of Panini Contenders. And the reason why I love it is because they're just, I like shiny things and they're shiny and they're limited. And I've got the entire Peyton Manning run out of contenders. And I've got the entire Andrew Luck run out of contenders. So, you know what? Sometimes I'm going to be a little selfish. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pick parallels that I deeply love. And so this is one of them. So make sure on Friday when your belly's full, when you've tried to achieve 10,000 calories. You're going to be probably be laying on the couch. Maybe you'll be productive and try to go for a run to work off some of those calories, but hopefully you're listening to the Stacking Slabs podcast and the conversation that we have with Jordan at Northwoods Card Collector about the Cracked Ice Parallel. Been smashing.
This is an environment typically that I'm bin smashing. I'm trying to be methodical. I'm trying to not overextend myself. It's really hard. And I'm, you're probably going through it right now just to determine what should I and should I not be paying for certain cards. And again, like there, we've got our favorite apps. I use Card Ladder. I check sales history and I do my thing. But sometimes it's not straightforward. And I don't think comps are ever straightforward. And it's a lot of it comes down to like, how do you feel? How bad do you want it? That is a measuring stick for me and how bad you want it. And so I much prefer cards going at auction to help validate maybe some of what I'm, how I'm spending my money. But sometimes you just got to smash the bin button. And that's what happened to me this past week. And I think when you wait weeks watching that card and you think about that card and it's like an everyday thing where it never escapes your mind. It's important. I think we spend a lot of money sometimes on a Ben's mask, but actually you got to put things in perspective and say, where is this at in, in relation with relative sales? I think it's important when we spend our money and it's also important to walk away. If you know, a, a card is too much and you can't get a seller's response. So I I had one of these moments recently and I'm going to share more information about that when the card comes and excited to share that on this damn program. One of the other things that I think is interesting that doesn't get caught up or brought up a lot on these shows or up by other collectors is when auctions end before they should and the pain that results, you know, we, we watch the card and then all of a sudden like a day or two before the card is supposed to end it disappears and that's when the back channeling goes on you know it is a it is hard out here it is competitive and sometimes you've got the the messages in the back channeling and the the cards get taken down and all of a sudden you're like where where ha- what happened to these cards and so that happened to me this past week and it felt like i understood right it was an awesome card and someone else thought it was an awesome card enough to be aggressive with it. And then a deal got done. I assume maybe it didn't, maybe someone regretted putting it up. I don't know, but I think that is an interesting thing that doesn't get talked about enough. And I don't know what to do in that situation, whether you reach out to the seller and try to do the same thing or what, or what's right. I'm I'm not sure, but that's one thing that I've noticed a lot recently with a couple of cards that I was after is just they disappear. And so for me, I'm a, I feel like I'm an investigator. I always try to figure out where these cards end up. And actually, I saw the card that I was going to bid on in someone else's collection that they posted recently. And I'm working my way to asking the question, did you have this card up for auction or did you just buy this card? And that's something that I think just having your head on a swivel, being aware of what's happening around you likely will put you in a better position to get the cards you want, whether it is waiting patiently or what, whether it's you know reaching out one-to-one and having conversations about those. I want to talk about personal significance, like I mentioned up top. And I think people's opinions on the cards we buy should or should buy is completely irrelevant. And you know me, I say this all the time, it's become a catchphrase, but we're the CEOs of our PC. And I think everyone wants to be a judger. And if they care about what we collect, they're probably in it for the wrong reasons or what they see in front of them doesn't fit inside the narrative that they're trying to push with inside this hobby. We have a lot of narrative pushers. Let me tell you, I could collect in isolation and be fine, but sharing is 
fun. I just don't give a shit if you like what I'm sharing because it's for me. It's about the connections. It's about the cards. It's about the community. When we collect for ourselves, we give ourselves the opportunity to take a stroll down memory lane. In that moment this past week, when I spent time with my collection and was getting that utility value of the collection, I started thumbing through my Andrew Luck PC and immediately was brought back to 2013. I was sitting inside Lucas Oil Stadium. It was the wild card round. It was the Colts. It was the Chiefs. And I was pumped up for the game. On the Chiefs side, you had Alex Smith, Jamal Charles, Dwayne Bowe. It was that cast of characters. And it was the second year of Andrew Luck's career. And you know what happened? The Freaking Alex Smith looked like Joe Montana out there and absolutely beat the brakes off of the Colts. I felt so freaking deflated and everyone else felt deflated out there. The score was 38 to 10 and this game looked like it was over until it wasn't over. Some absolute madness and craziness happened and Andrew Luck was the leader and orchestrator of it and somehow, some way, won his first playoff game in Andrew Luck fashion. And that game literally solidified my fandom and my love and is the reason why I collect Andrew Luck cards. So I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. And I'll probably hit up the YouTube machine when I stop this episode. And I'll probably go back to my collection and look through those cards and try to feel something like that again. But that's what this hobby is all about, damn it. It's not about all the bullshit that happens on Instagram. It's not all about the controversy. It's none of that. It's about our personal significance with the cards that we spend our damn money on. I got kids, man. I've got a busy job. I don't care what people think about my collection. I'm here for the cards, bro. And I hope you are too. Thank you so much for being a fan and listening to the Stacking Slabs podcast, your hobby content alternative. I truly appreciate it. Tune in on Friday when you're nice and fat after that 10,000 calories on Thanksgiving. My man, Jordan Northwoods Card Collector, talking about cracked ice, coming at you. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. 